Today on Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet, Neon Bible. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Arcade Fire Sings the Alphabet. My name's Owen. With me always is Alex. How you doing, Owen? We are the only Arcade Fire podcast on the internet that goes through every single Arcade Fire song alphabetically. A through almost Z. Uh, I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing very well. Back in our regular Wednesday release slot. You know, after a couple hectic weeks, we were releasing the episodes late. We had to push one a week back. But uh, we're back to the norm. Yeah. Back. Uh, we even got the good studio. That's why my, my <laughs> voice sounds better. We're not, not using the bad mic. And yeah. Every, everything's coming up ours. We, yeah, we're coming out of CITR, the campus radio and recording station at the University of British Columbia in British Columbia, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And there are two studios. One of them is much better than the other one. Uh, another semi-big week in Arcade Fire News. We're getting the Richard Reed Perry and Bell Orchestra album. Mm-hmm. It was from yesterday or today? I or think it was posted today or something. Or like Today being Tuesday the 26th. Thank you, Joel, from Arcade Fire Tube, as always, for keeping us updated. Uh, that'll be cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like they're really... It's an interesting change of pace for their solo stuff relative to what they did after Reflector. Yeah. When he did the Sam... Tim did Sam Patch... Yeah, I haven't. I don't know. I haven't listened to. I haven't really listened to the original Bell Orchestra. The original being what they've released already. Um, I have. It's like, it's like classical music. Yeah. Same with like Richard's uh, first album, um, songs for the heart and breath or something like that. It's yeah. yeah. It's classical music. There are some. There are some real good ones on that though. And same with the Bell Orchestra. But it's not something that I listen to all the time. It's more like I can appreciate this. And if they came to town, I would you know go support the, the. Group. The group. Yeah. Um, then I'm sure like the n- other half of the Richard Reed album, Richard Reed Perry album is going to come soon too. Yeah, I'm sure that's finished. I'm sure he was just waiting like he wanted them a, a year phase, apart. A phased release. Yeah, like Arrested Development. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you want me to get into basic facts here? Yeah, we're on a Neon Bible song after it seems like a while. I mean, we just did My Body is a Cage uh six i guess yeah almost two months ago yeah. but uh it you, feels like in the very beginning we had a lot of neon bible songs because of the alphabet especially with the antichrist mm-hmm. black mirror black wave and then we just took a long break from them uh yeah so you're and saying you're saying we're leaving the neighborhoods and riding that big black wave into the middle of the sea uh yeah <laughs> I, not how i would put it um okay well how would you put it Say that we're leaving the neighborhoods and uh, keep the car running because we got to go check something out really quickly. (laughs) Yeah, you got some basic facts? I do. This is the third track off the band's second full-length album, Neon Bible. It is two minutes and 16 seconds long. Very short. I know. Packs a lot into it, but it's a very short song. It is released along the rest of the album, March 5th, 2007. It has 122 live performances, making it 22nd overall in their discography. It is the most, the most recent show was one of the Greek shows, the one in Berkeley on September 22nd, 2018. And it is nine out of the past 31 shows that's been played. So I mean like the most recent tour of 31 shows about, it, it, was, it was nine of those, like a third. That's not, not bad for like a, a neon, Bi- uh, neon Bible era song that doesn't get played as much. 
Um, it has. Oh no, you want to say it, we saw it live. Yeah. Uh, it was a real break in the middle uh, because we had. Uh, it was put your money on me, and then this, and then we used to wait. It was a real. Uh, let me let me catch my breath and wipe the sweat off my face. Song. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it is one of the ones we've seen. It's one a, of the twenty-two songs. It's it's a short break. Mm-hmm. Um, it has seven point five million streams on Spotify, making it fifth out of eleven on Neon Bible. So you know, solidly in the middle. <laughs> solidly in the middle. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, middle. It's an album breaker, even though it's right in the beginning. Of the album. It's the third song. Yeah. Uh, yeah, something that we haven't had to do in a while is uh, contextualize where we are on the album and where we're on the discography. So going into this, uh, if you this is the first time you're listening to one of our Neon Bible episodes and you missed our other ones where we talked about what we think, the where the narrative is going, uh, because, I mean, I love that overarching narrative idea. Uh, the, this is right in the beginning of Neon Bible. The last we heard from Wynn on Funeral, you know, he was saying that sleeping is giving in, and every time you close your eyes, there's nothing but lies. But then, a long, long time ago, we talked about at the very beginning of this album, the first line is, I walk down to the ocean after waking from a nightmare, no moon, no pale reflection, black mirror. And just two songs ago, Wynn saw his reflection in the mirror and was so terrified that he became... You know, everything he was scared of, that he slept, he gave in, and he's saying, this isn't my reflection, this can't be my reflection, and it has to be the mirror that's distorted, because this can't actually be who I am. And I mean, eventually, we said, my body's a cage, he realizes he has to look inward, but right now, after Black Mirror, and right before this song, we have Keep the Car Running, where when, in fear and desperation, in peak desperation voice, he does something desperate, whether that's a crime or, or whatever it is, but... Wynn saw something in the black mirror that scared him. He saw who he is and it scared him. He tried to do something desperate. And then we're at Neon Bible. Dun, dun, dun. I think a, a big question we're going to talk about as we go into the lyrics is, what is the Neon Bible? Yes. Uh, I think I think there's a lot of pretty specific answers in the lyrics. Uh, before we get into those, um, there is Wynn talks about this song specifically. There was an interview at the album time with the AV Club where he says, I just jotted the sound I just jotted the song down in my notebook and kept coming back to it. The song was very off the cuff, written in one night and recorded the next day. Lyrically, there's a lot of stuff dealing with religion and culture, which I'm really interested in. It's an image that I kept coming back to that really felt like it was the title of the record, and everyone else in the band agreed. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh this is our first title track, eh? Know everything now. Oh yeah, because <laughs> um, there's no funeral title track, no, or Arcade Fire EP. I haven't gotten to the suburbs yet. Or Reflector. I mean, there's us kids know the unofficial name of the EP, which is on like whatever. Yeah, um, I suppose we haven't got to No Cars Go yet though either. No. But soon, <laughs> soon, very soon. soon. Uh yeah. You ready to get into the lyrics? Uh yeah. Open I'm, the Neon Bible. I am ready. A vial of hope and a vial of pain. In the light, they both look the same. Poured them out on into the world, on every boy and every girl. It's in the Neon Bible, the Neon Bible. Not much chance for survival if the Neon Bible is right. So what do you think? So about what Neon Bible is or just about the lyrics so far? <laughs> well, wait. To, uh, Dealer's choice. Okay. Well, I mean, first, my first thought that pops in based on this is, do you ever watch the Powerpuff Girls when you're younger? 
Uh, I didn't really. I didn't have cable, but yeah, I've seen some <laughs> Mojo Jojo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very North American <laughs> references here. <laughs> I know, but um, basically. At the start of every episode of the Powerpuff Girls, they have the intro about how they were made. (laughs) And uh, basically their dad, the scientist, was like cooking up a little bit of this. Arcade Fire sings the alphabet, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of this and a little bit of that. Like it's like I can't remember the exact ingredients. Sugar spice and everything nice. Yeah, something along (laughs) those lines. No, that is. (laughs) (laughs) But then he actually spills ingredient X into it, I believe, or Z or one of the letters. And... uh, you get the Powerpuff Girls. That is exactly what is happening here. Um, uh, uh, like, um, that's what I feel. It's like the, the pouring of the vials onto the world, and cr- uh, the, the boys and the girl. <laughs> you know, this is a very outward way of looking at it. I mean, like, we, we can talk more about the more band-orientated, what they think. But it's just like, that is the... The creation. Uh, this is this is just. So no, 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 no. <laughs> I, 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 get, I get what you're saying, and I, and I, I agree. Um, I have, I have some, I, I do agree to some extent of the, the mixing it. Um, but I have a, I'm, I mean, I've said this before. I'm a firm believer and defender that neon Bible is not about technology and the black mirror TV show stuff. I think that was just a misinterpretation. I don't think that this is specifically about, uh, even though they say security cameras and stuff, I don't think this is. I don't think it's a condemnation of of, of technology. Same way, the reflective age is not like reflecting in your phone; it's reflecting like uh, need, no Kierkegaard. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> out on that one. Uh, I mean, I, like, well, we can I, we can ad- agree to disagree on certain parts. Well, of this, well, but, okay. So um, uh, I agree on reflector, though. Reflector isn't about the reflector of your phone. It's like, yeah, like we said, uh, Kierkegaard. <laughs> yeah. So that was something that we were we were uh, debating until Wynn said reflective age, and uh, so Wynn and I agree on this one too. And it might be some confirmation bias, but this is. This is well. I, I hadn't read this interview until today. So with that same interview with the AV Club, they talked about his religious degree and did that influence the lyrics on on this album. And Wynn said that there's some pretty amazing language and ideas in the Bible. And when asked for some specifics of what influenced it, he said, "The idea of evil and death and love. There's not really any scientific way to talk about it. Whenever you're talking about meaning, basically, I think there are a lot of human experience." I think a lot of the human experience has to do with trying to understand what things mean. And there's not really any tools to do that unless you're thinking about it in more spiritual or philosophical realm. And they said, so are your songs more about searching or about offering those tools to people or neither? And Wynn said, I think hope only means anything if it's in something real. Otherwise, it's just kind of a dream. A lot of stuff is dark in a way, but unless you're looking at it at a situation for what it actually is, it's hard to be hopeful or meaningless to be hopeful about it unless it's actually based in a real possibility. I just saw this thing on Martin Luther, Martin Luther King, and before he gave the I Have a Dream speech, he gave a lot of speeches that were more about a negative dream, that you had to face your broken dreams. He spoke about that a lot, a broken American dream, speaking for what it is, the positive and negative. Sometimes religious thinkers can take on that on in a different way. So, yeah, I, I mean, the broken American dream, that, uh, that's... That is what I exactly what I thought this album was about. The disillusion and and the disillusion you have with when you've grown up and you're not the person you used to be. That he looked in the black mirror and he's not the kid he used to be. And 
Yeah, what do you think? Do you, do you think it's confirmation I, bias, or do you think... I No, I think this album as a whole is... Incre- like, it's super easy to draw uh, American Broken Dream. The broken American broken Dream. Broken American yeah. Dreams. Like, intervention, <laughs> uh, first off, in terms of, like, religion and, like, hating... We talked about this in the intervention episode about, like, not, like, hating your country and the patriotism of, like, going to Iraq. Then there's Antichrist Television Blues, which is, you know, about, like, the um, sexualization of our youth and, like, that <laughs> broken American dream. Mm-hmm. And then um, I had another one. Um, Father's Land No More. I mean, I don't want to live windows, in my window house anymore. Windowsill as well. It's just like I think there's a lot of kind of like that, like this society we're living in currently in the U.S. is broken. Like, I think like that's throughout this album. I don't think that that doesn't mean that there can't also be this kind of focus on the uh, technology is a bad thing. I mean, like not like that, but like in more in-depth terms. But yeah. More, I, a more subtle point than that. But yeah, I think that the tech... I mean, those are... Compared to on other albums, they don't really have metaphor stories uh, the way that, say, like, on, on Blood on the Tracks, Bob Dylan is all the songs kind of about, you know, his character, and then there's the one out of the blue of Lily Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts where it tells about these cowboys robbing a bank in the middle of this album about about him breaking up with this person or, or someone breaking up with this person. I think this is the only album of theirs where they have these little interjections of, of stories that aren't necessarily about that character. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we talk about technology as the metaphor for the modern age, but before that, what what do you def- like when say American Dream in the context of 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 this or just in general? What what do you say that is? Well, I think the American Dream is. I mean, see, this is different for everyone. When I get the when I hear the American Dream, my first thought is independence, freedom to practice your own religion, right? Like the Pilgrims coming from the uh, old world, being and anyone coming from the old world and being persecuted because of who they were and like what they believed in, but coming to America where it's like you know you get to Staten Island and you get this idea of freedom of like you can be whoever you want to be i think that is like the american Mm -hmm. dream and that like uh i think a big thing i mean when i when i hear broken american dream i think of things like i mean beyond bruce like of mice and men and the grapes of wrath and the the original uh disillusion with the american dream in during the, the depression where these people came and I think another thing is that you can have land. Like, there's a place for you mm-hmm. in this country where you can be free. And I like, it's not just that you can be free here, but there's a specific, like, you can have land here. It's the land of the free. And when I hear Broken American Dream, it's kind of realizing that, yeah, you can be free as long as it's in the constraints, as long as you're a certain kind of person or race or religion. It's not, it's, it's you know like oh anyone can grow up to be president but not really and uh, anyone can be free but not really and i think that in in this context in the arcade firecon i know he said american dream because he references martin luther king but i think that's more so the the broken dream in general that a big theme on this album is the or the dreams that they had on funeral that they were scared of losing they've now fear that they've lost and they're starting to realize more and more things in the adult world beyond just the fact that they could maybe one day die there's more things like with intervention and like the things you're believing in your whole life are gone uh whether that's the church or your country but your beliefs are going away your dreams are dying and uh yeah and then here's here's this song and i think that 
from that darkness, from that broken American dream, when and these kids, they're they're looking for a light, you know, something to replace the light that they, they used to have in them. And that idea of like, if we aren't who we thought we used to be, and if we're not defined by the things we once thought defined us, like whether that's the church or whatever I was saying, then we need something new. Like there has to be something new beyond beyond this this emptiness. And kind of in that desperation, you know, they're scrambling and they find the temporary thing, this this neon Bible, this uh, this this fake Bible, but very pretty. Um, I think that the metaphor specifically, uh, we've talked about when the band covered the magnetic fields born on the train a bunch of times and Wynn loves it. And I think that when listening to it may have been subliminally influenced with some of their images where the first lines say, some roads are only seen at night, ghost roads, nothing but neon signs, but some nights the neon gas gets free and turns into walking dead like me. And I think that this, uh, the neon Bible is like a fake light. It's not the sun. It's, it's, it's like, I don't know when you see, when you hear neon lights, what do you think of? Uh, Vegas and like down, uh, yeah, Vegas downtown. I, yeah. I Sunset Strip. I mean, I've never been to California, but or I guess I have, but never been to the. I don't even know. Is the Sunset Strip in California? I've never even heard of the Sunset Strip. Oh, so. uh, yeah. Um, maybe maybe is way off, but yeah, Vegas and 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 artificial uh, light. It isn't. Things are not what they seem. But uh, yeah, you know, he's. This, all of those things, the, the buildings downtown and the wilderness downtown, that's not where he wants to be. You know, Texas, the suburbs, the heartland is, is you know, the woodlands. It's it's not, for better or worse, about the people in the suburbs. There aren't really any neon lights in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. So it's such a foreign, he left the darkness in the suburbs and saw this this light in the in the city. You know, yeah. Like I think, like in the city light too. Like we're talking about this, like a neon green light. You can't tell what color things are, and like that's why he's like talking about the vials of what is hope and what is a uh, a pain. But like, and like, you can't tell them apart, like because when you hold something up to a neon light, you can't tell what it looks like, and like that's like the neon affects you. It affects what you can see. It affects how you act. Yeah, exactly. That that's that was my next talking point. Is that um the 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 fake light, the the false idol, which that specific phrase we'll get to later on. It's lighting up the world, but not naturally. But you know, it's pretty. It's, it's neon lights. It's a it's an idol, um, and it's alluring. But like you said, in the fake light, he can't tell the difference between the hope and pain. And all the boys and girls, like all the kids that grew up, they're suddenly covered in both hope and pain. And that neon Bible light says that hope and pain are the same thing. And, you know, if that's the case, if the Neon Bible is right, if hope and pain are the same thing, I don't think we're going to get out alive is what Wynn's saying. Um, and, I mean, at least for me, contextualizing this, like, in times of confusion, turning to things that you think, like, should make you happy and things that look alluring, like, I don't know, decisions you make in your life with school or careers, like, are these the things you actually want to do with your life? Because they sound like things you should want in your life. And all people say that's what you should be doing with your life. But chasing those makes you feel hollow. Like, are these really my dreams? Because if this is what happiness is, this kind of sucks. Like, this doesn't make me happy. And the vials of hope and pain get mixed because you kind of hope these things will make you happy. But they don't. They they make you feel pain. And you can't actually see what they are. You know, the, if this is heaven, I don't know what it's for. <laughs> Yeah. What do you think about that? That the hope and pain together are that 
it it's the illusion that that you can't have hope that like it, it's the the these things should make you happy but they don't and therefore happiness and pain are the same i don't know like like playing with your definition of happiness yeah I, like i think that's something they do a lot throughout the albums mm-hmm. and like so it makes sense i'd be here but uh like i'd have to think about that more yeah i, I guess on all the albums you can really uh I mean, what what Wynn said in that interview, I think really, like, the idea of evil and death and love, there's no scientific way to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Arcade Fire. <laughs> like, that, yeah, that's that's him trying to ground these things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's something I never really thought about before of, of with this, with the Neon Bible, of what it really means. And, uh, and one thing we, yeah, we didn't even really, you kind of touched on, but the actual physical picture of the neon bible with the 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 open book the open book that that flashes there's Mm -hmm. the like the 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 gif they have of the kind of the moving book as if it's opening and if you have the special edition of the cd it's one of those what's it called when you wiggle it and it changes the picture i couldn't tell you uh i uh, like the yeah like i I know what you're talking about but i don't know what's called Yeah, transparency kind of like it's like it's like it's a CD cover that has the like the 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 cover where if you move it side to side it looks like it's moving. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, it's like it's blue and and blue and red and white light and it's not natural light and it kind of distorts things very like Blade Runner and especially Blade Runner twenty forty nine all of like the pink and blue light that really distorts the faces. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's neon neon light. Yeah. No, I'm like I think it's really interesting. I don't think this song really is as much critical of religion as a whole. It's critical of this like pervert, pervert, perverted religion that is neon Bible. Yeah, like it's like like the whole per- like I don't know the whole purpose. A, a large purpose of religion is to instill the sense of like a moral compass in you, right? Mm-hmm. It's like people who are religious they know who what's right from wrong because they've read these like books and like that's like hear these stories about like it's meant to like you make you compassionate about other people. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about like this neon Bible. It's just, it's perverted that it's like, it kind of gives people what they want out of, it's like a drug. It gives people what they want out of the neon Bible, which is that sense of comfort. They want, they want that sense of comfort out of religion, but what they, they don't get that sense of moral compass. And like when, when they're talking about how uh, you can't, in the, like I said before, like in the light, you can't tell hope versus pain. You can't separate them. You can't like tell what's right. Like you don't have that moral compass when you're in that neon Bible. Like I, I, I just like, even just like neon Bible as a song is just dense. And it's mm-hmm. just a very, for a two minute song. It is just incredibly dense. And like, um, that like, and so, so much to like talk about. And, but basically, I'll 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 reveal like what I th- what I see the neon Bible as being is like I think the neon Bible is people who like sitting sitting in front of their televisions and watching like the organized like the the preachers right like telling them what they should do and like mm-hmm. it's like it's like it's it's like I I I really like the using the word drug because it's like it, it yeah gives, I I really like that it, too. it gives people this sense of comfort and like they kind of have to go back to it and back to it and like I think as we go through the song we'll see even the speaker kind of has to like get that little drug every once in a while. Yeah, uh, uh, definitely. Um, and I definitely, I don't think that uh, when you say preachers, I think I, I think it's a bit more broad than that as just the the world like this, just generally whoever it is that says stuff, whether it's religious or not, showing you what to do. 
Uh, because when, I think Bible that it could be like, oh, like Arcade Fire's music is my Bible, or or yeah. the the you know the ocean is my Bible. It's just as a metaphor for something that gives you meaning. Yeah, so it's kind of like seeking meaning through other people, or not it's like through other, through, through th- whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, I think Drug is is great where it's especially with this Neon Bible. He's when uh, when he says the. The, at the very end, which he's going to say later on too, the um, not much chance for survival if the neon Bible is right. Mm-hmm. That kind of he kinds of y- y- like the drug you you need it, mm-hmm. and you know it's bad for you, but you don't really know how to face life without it, and it's better than better than nothing. It's it's comforting that if you feel so empty that at the very least this is something that you can have in your life. Yeah. And it's something that we're slowly looking at that just like two, two, three weeks ago, we talked about um, the power out in his parents' lives and what what broke them, what caused his parents and his neighborhoods to get trapped where they are. And I think that this is kind of an example of the, the neon Bible where you like you never get over the fact that you lost. You never got over the fact that you couldn't couldn't reach that American dream like very uh like Biff Loman and Death of a Salesman is staring into the neon bible that like yeah. never really being able to face the fact that you couldn't do something mm-hmm. and never really, like on the suburbs wins eventually going to realize that there's more to life than the things he wanted when he was a child uh but that's like his parents on the neighborhoods and his perception of them is they never could look away from this neon bible and for the first time he has a name and a definition for what what that is, what turned the power out, what froze them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whew, this I'll, is a good one. <laughs> I'll go from here. Yeah. Um, take the poison of your age. Don't lick your fingers when you turn the page. What I know is what you know is right. In the city, it's the only light. It's in the neon Bible, the neon Bible. Not much chance for survival if the neon Bible is right. What do you, th- what do you think? Um, I think that... We unpacked most of it, but what this gives us is the, like, I mean, like we said, he knows that it's poison. He knows that it's bad. So as much as you're, as much as he's looking into it and they're looking into it, don't, don't lick your fingers. Don't put the poison in your mouth. Like, you know, stare at it and we're going to be here, but we're not going to let it consume us completely. And there still is that bit of him clinging on to not falling into complacency and not falling into to all the stuff we just talked about about being trapped but um it's sadly you know it's terrifying that there's no light here other than the neon bible in this if if he's still speaking in um in black and white that he slept he gave in therefore he's he's gone there's no more light because you know there's there's no there's no compromise yet there's no compromise that comes in the suburbs. There's he's completely in the darkness, and the only light in that darkness is this false light, and he knows it's false. But there's you know nothing else out there. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, no, I like I really agree. I like I like the neon Bible. Right? It's like it's not a physical book that someone's reading, no. but like it's like still it's like stop turning the pages. It's like stop putting yourself through this. Like you you can open the book up, but like stop being so eager to like keep keep going yeah like don't don't go any further than you need to yeah uh yeah i guess i'll 
essentially done. I'll take it to the end. Yeah. Oh, God, well, look at you now. Oh, you lost it, but you don't know how. In the light of the golden calf, oh, God, I had to laugh. Take the poison of your age. Don't lick your fingers when you turn the page. It was wrong, but you said it was right. In the future, I will read at night. It's the Neon Bible, the Neon Bible. Not much chance for survival if the Neon Bible is true. Now, uh, do you know what the golden calf is? I do. I, I, nice. I don't know some. I don't know all religion, but Seen I know the, a uh, false Charlton Heston uh, Ten Commandments movie. No, I haven't. But or I know a false VHS we had in our house. I know a false prophet when I've seen one. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, no, do you? You can give a. You want me to walk through with people who don't? You know. Yeah. So, uh, gonna get an angry email from Rob Carmack if I mess this up. So, <laughs> when in the Old Testament of the, uh, you know, of the of the, the Bible, the Bible. When Moses went up to Mount Sinai, where he talked to God and inscribed the Ten Commandments, the Israelites, while he was gone, made a golden calf, like a, a, a calf made out of out of gold. And this was their, like this false god and idol, and they, they worshipped it in Moses' absence when he wasn't there to kind of steer him in the right direction. And then Moses comes down from talking to God with the Ten Commandments and the tablets, and he is livid. Because one of the commandments is that, you know, God is the one true God, and Thou shalt not have any other gods but me. I'm paraphrasing, but uh, <laughs> really, <laughs> but yeah, that that they the it's it's the mm-hmm. it's the false idol that the Israelites created in the absence of the light, in the absence of the person showing them the light or or seeing the light. They uh, because I mean at that point God had had uh, helped them leave Egypt where they were slaves. But in the absence of him, when they couldn't, when they were in the darkness and couldn't really see the power and the help that God had given them in the Old Testament, they made this false idol. Mm-hmm. Now, do you know what happens after this? Jesus ma- or uh, Moses smashes it? Yeah, but no more than that. Like I, I, I never really, I never read the Bible, but right. I heard this general story. But uh. What what I was looking online, Moses burns the golden calf in a fire, uh, yes. grounds it up into powder, and then puts it into water for the Israelites to drink. People do that. <laughs> drink the gold water. Now, I mean, like not not in the metaphor sense. I know that people do that. I, yeah, it's like it's like one of those things. It's like, huh, luxury good. Yeah, but mo- yeah, it's uh, eat a smoothie of your own false god. <laughs> yeah, that uh. <laughs> Very uh, oddly specific punishment, Moses. <laughs> but uh, interpreting that is well beyond the uh, when the, s- the scope of our podcast. Yeah, when Win comes on eventually, we'll ask him what he thinks that means. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I see that. Who do you who do you think is talking? The well, look at you now. I I think it's like the speaker still. Like I think it's still the speaker because he's like the whole time he's been kind of like giving advice and like looking from the outside in. So I think it's still the speaker looking from the outside in. Why? What? What's your hot take on this one? Yeah, I I do. I think that um, Wynn is talking to himself, especially with like the the black mirror. He's talking to the reflection in the black mirror. Mm-hmm. That you know, two songs ago he couldn't he couldn't look that in the eye. He couldn't look the fact that he's. Uh, I mean, I think sold out is what I'm gonna say as our term for whatever he is that he's not on funeral. Uh, he couldn't even look that in the eye, but now it's uh, him talking to himself in a very like Gollum Smeagol way of, uh, look at you, you slept in, you gave in your garbage. Like you think you'll be happy. You're not going to be happy. Look at you. You're sold out. Um, and this is in that, uh, 
in in the light of the the neon bible is this false idol uh mm-hmm. no rhyming um that the golden calf is the neon bible and in the light of that the ghost of who he was is is laughing at him you know i i i once read that um some some quote from somewhere on the internet that like hell is hell is when the person you are uh oh, i wrote it down but I, hell is where the person you are has to sit for eternity watching the person you could have become and i think that here this is he sees his perception of what he thought he could have become and you know it's smug aura mocks him mhm yeah you uh yeah it uh i think this this whole thing he's talking to himself which makes me even rethink that when he says the later when he says it was wrong but you said it was right and in the previous where it says um uh where is it uh what i know is what you know is right now i mean i thought that he was talking to someone else but now i think whether all of that is is talking to himself to this reflection in the black mirror that he doesn't see is the same as him mm-hmm. what do you think that when he says the 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 you were wrong and i was right or whatever yeah yeah like i mean i think like the golden calf is just more along the same lines of um you you've gotten you you've lost the true sense of religion and trying to know what true like life and hope is and you've fallen into this neon bible trap and like you're 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 praising this false god and whether or not he's saying that to himself or to someone else i mean i think you make arguments either way but uh yeah i mean you have to look over it again but yeah i i mean overall i think that this is this is him dealing with i mean this this whole album is again him dealing with the fact that that he forgot the place that no cars go um I, I mean, we're going to get to it eventually, but on, on, on Sprawl 1, one of my favorite lines in the whole discography is when it's like the last defender of the Sprawl says, where do you kids live? And he says, if only you knew what the answer is worth, I've been searching every corner of the earth. And that's uh, that's him consoling and re- dealing with the fact that he forgot where the place that no cars go is yeah. and that he'll never remember that. And that at this point, his reflection is still the person that knows that. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, I mean, like, what we have to say about um, in the future I'll read at night, it's kind of like that's like the speaker admitting to themselves and to everyone. It's like, you know, it's like I, I try my best, but, you know, it's like mm-hmm. when it's dark at night and you're alone, everyone seeks that form of comfort and it's sad. And like that, maybe that's, you know, and, and he's like, maybe that's me believing in the neon Bible. Maybe that means it's all going to be end. And maybe that's like there goes our last chance for survival. But that's just like the way it is. Yeah. Uh, everyone's got a secret something they just can't face my boy Bruce says uh, that uh, can't look yourself in the eye um, yeah I we've spent a lot of time talking about like two verses and a chorus yeah but it's a it's, it's a big boy mm-hmm. uh, want to talk musically yeah um, at the very start what the first thing I hear is kind of like to me it kind of sounds like mosquitoes flying into like a bug zapper like mm-hmm. before like even like um the real like melody starts it's just like like the like it, it's very kind of like, it's a little bit like a computer starting up not really but yeah because neon lights hum yeah exactly uh, yeah i think of the i mean owen and i are huge are both huge fans of the social network soundtrack but you know that the gentle hum of anxiety yeah i think that's that the neon light in the beginning 
uh, I think the iconic, the thumping drums of this, the boom, 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 boom that gets matched yeah. by the the instruments. I think Wynn is in you know peak desperation, and uh, there's also that we didn't talk about the there's the live in an elevator version. Yeah, that uh, that's on the 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 bootleg that here at Arcade Fire sings Alphabet we don't officially support. There is like the one physical bootleg that exists. One of the songs on there is the the uh, live in an elevator, where instead of the drum, I think it's Richard is ripping pages out of a book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I, I mean, think. Sorry. Go ahead. Overall, like musically, I like it is kind of lullaby like. It is a little bit like a hmm, mm-hmm. like softly singing to to your to, child in the crib as to not wake them up. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting because it comes right between keep the car running intervention, which mm-hmm. is both a little bit louder and a little bit faster. Yeah, and I mean, it goes to say something that uh, perhaps he's singing this to the kids that are still sleeping. Um, I think that, but with that, I think that uh, Wynn is in such a good key here for his voice. Like, you know, sometimes when he yells, his voice breaks, which is, you know, phenomenal. I, could, I couldn't think of any better delivery for his lyrics than his voice. Even if, like, you know, my boy Brandon Flowers with his uh, the Killers with his beautiful voice. When they covered Crown of Love, it isn't the same because his voice is <laughs> good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, arguably, I think I, I I stand by the fact that I think he is the best voice in pop music right now. But um, yeah, like this this is one where Wynn can actually sing because Wynn's voice is like even on like everything now, like all of his it's very deep for ones where he can actually kind of play around with notes rather than yell and uh yeah like like when the the when he's saying the intervention karaoke mm-hmm. uh you can kind of yeah but i think this register fits him perfectly uh you got anything else to say you want to go into the rating i can go into the rating all right owen what do you have i have four golden calves out of five. Oh, interesting interesting why do you say that um basically that this mark twain quote puts it perfectly I didn't have time to write a short letter, so I wrote a long one. That one's straight out of like an English class. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, basically, it just talks about like you know it's, it, to, to put the amount of thought and depth into a song and make it fit this short. Like anyone could have written a long song. Like you write a five five minute, eight minute song and try to fit all these themes and ideas in there, mm-hmm. but. That is easy. What is hard is to do it so well and so condensely in a song that's two minutes and sixteen seconds long. Yeah, I, I mean, like compared to compared to the way he wrote on the EP, where it's just like piling a lot of little metaphors in because he can't, he couldn't yet, or he hadn't yet clicked as to what his big metaphors are. I, uh, yeah, I have poisons of this age, and I'm right there with you with four out of five poisons of this age. Uh, yeah, there's so much lyrically and emotionally. Uh, yeah, it, it it defines the title of the album, and it defines the album that if you're thinking of, like, I think that if there's one song on this where you're saying, oh, what what does he mean by Neon Bible? Like, what's the general theme of this album? Uh, it's, it's, it's this. It's dealing with this idea of the Neon Bible and how you're going to reconcile with that and eventually how he reconciles with that. But this is, like, the synopsis. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think, like, I think it pulses along musically, and at this, with that too, I think it ends at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. Compared to other Arcade Fire songs, like, if if this even had one more verse, 
it, it would it would kill it. Like that, it'd be too long, and it would get to the point of being musically boring because it doesn't change a lot in this compared to most Arcade Fire songs, and it doesn't need to. It's so succinct that it it, it we're gonna as soon as this ends, we hear the organ sound, the boom, and go immediately intervention. Uh, this it it's it's just it's so tight. Um, yeah, musically, lyrically, album placement, four out of five. Poisons of the Sage. It's uh. I guess we're in agreement. Yes. Very nice. Uh, you got anything else to say about Neon Bible, Owen? No. Well, I've got a, something that we're going to be back to it next week with um, with No Cars Go, talking about both the EP version and the Neon Bible version. Uh, and we're not actually going to be we're, – we're not that far away from another one, too. We're going to have, you know, No Cars Go, Normal Person, Oh Holy Night, and The Notion of Noise. It's nice when the things kind of lump together, but – aren't all put together that we have some time to think yeah but uh yeah next week we're, we're going to that place that we talk about all the time the place where no cars go and we're going to be joined by two exciting guests uh so yeah thanks so much for listening as always we're arcade fire sings the alphabet uh and we'll see you next week bye